section forty five of mrs diamond this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org mrs diamond by anne isabella thackeray ritchie book four chapter eleven in an empty apartment then go live his life out life will try his nerves when the sky which noticed all makes no disclosure and the earth keeps up that terrible composure r browning the house to which du parc had directed susy was at the corner of the boulevard and the rue lavoisier near the mortuary chapel which madame du parc had once promised to visit with her in this strange house with the occasional roar and rush of the boulevard close at hand the hours passed like some strange nightmare so slowly so long so stifling in their silent oppression that susy could scarcely believe that another hour was gone when the gilt clock struck the apartment belonged to unknown people who had fled hastily leaving their clothes and their possessions in confusion shoes and papers packing-cases half-packed a parcel of silver spoons was lying on the table the linen cupboards were open with the neat piles disordered and overturned the clocks were going but the beds were not made at first susy set to work straightening making order in the confusion preparing a room for herself another for joe in case he should arrive she swept and folded and put away and made the rooms ready for the night she put by a lady's smart bonnet a child's pair of little boots had she been in any mood to do so she might have pieced together the story of those to whom the home belonged but she was dull wearied out only wanting news of joe as mrs diamond worked on the time passed then when the work was done when she had established herself in one of the two bedrooms when all was straight and the linen piled afresh and the doors of the cupboard closed though the clock still ticked on time itself seemed to stop still she was quite alone now neither joe nor adolph rejoined her nor did max come as he had promised the rest of the house was also empty the concierge was down below in his lodge but except for him no one remained in the sunny tall building lately so alive so closely packed there was one lady still remaining of all the inhabitants the concierge said an english lady a dame de charite who would not leave her poor but she was gone away for a day to visit a sick friend susy went downstairs towards evening to ask if no letter had come for her she even went out at the porter's suggestion bareheaded as people do in france and bought some milk and some food from an adjoining shop and then came back to the silent place it was a most terrible experience one which seemed so extraordinary that mrs diamond could hardly believe that it was not all some dream from which she would presently awake she waited till long past midnight and fell asleep at last on her bed but towards four o'clock the sound of the cannon at montmartre awoke her and she sat up listening with a beating heart there was a crucifix at the foot of the bed 
in her natural terror and alarm it seemed to her that the figure on the crucifix looked up in the early dawn there was a picture beneath the crucifix of a madonna with a burning heart a longing an unutterable longing came to poor susanna for her own mother mary's tender comforting loving arms round her own aching heart surely it was on fire too how lonely she felt how deserted max might have come last night as he promised it seemed to susy that she understood now for the first time what the secret of mary marney's life had been a secret that susy herself had learnt so unwillingly so passionately so late in life's experience if she had had any one to speak to everything might have seemed less vaguely terrible as she was listening with a beating heart came a measured sound from without that of a drum beating with a measured yet hurried roll the rattle came closer and closer and finally stopped under her very window she started from the bed and ran and looked out the dawn had just touched the opposite houses another shutter opened then a door creaked and a man came out hastily buttoning his clothes then a second stood in the doorway in shirt-sleeves but he did not move then the drum rolled away again and with two men only following passed down the street to the boulevard the sound came fainter and more hopeless then the distant cannon began to boom once more and some carts with soldiers galloped by while susy stood helplessly looking from her window the inhabitants of paris were awake and receiving the sun as it at last dispelled the heavy morning fogs with loud cries of viva la république drink was being distributed among the national guards assembled in the place de l'hôtel de ville many of the bewildered soldiers who had been poured into the town all the preceding days were looking on and sharing in these festivities others who had been out all night were still wandering about the streets asking the passers-by where they were to go for shelter a band of armed patriots crossing the place de la concorde were shouting out a versailles with the same enthusiasm with which their predecessors had cried a berlin a few months before those whom they met along the road take up the cry the women assembling in the streets and doorways were uttering fiercer vaguer threats of vengeance against tyrants against versailles and the police and indeed before many hours had passed the first of their unhappy victims was being hunted to his death along the rue des martyrs alas he was but the first of the many who were to follow and whose nobler blood was destined to flow upon those cruel stones reading the papers of those days we see that an imposing deputation was preparing to visit the place de la bastille carrying a red phrygian flag before it that the new self-elected government was gloriously proclaiming that perfect unity that liberty entire and complete of which we have heard so much for the people of paris had nobly shaken off the despotism which had sought to crush it to the ground calm and impassive in its force it was standing so say billuret varlin jourde chelulier blanchet pougeret etc etc an incontestably proving a patriotism equal to the height of present circumstances 
what were all these echoes to susie at her window looking out with her heavy anxious heart joe max where were they what were they about ah would these terrible hours never pass she dressed very early lit a fire and prepared a meal with the tin of milk which she had bought the day before it was an unutterable relief to hear the door-bell ring about eight o'clock in the morning she found the concierge outside bringing up water from the pump below and a note which had been left very early in the morning before he was up susy tore it open the note was in max's writing it had no beginning nor date but its news was new life to poor susy it was in english i have tidings of joe marney by good fortune heard of him and sent me word he is in custody and i have gone after him and hope to bring him back safe to you meet us to-day at one o'clock at the station by which you came adolphe will conduct you safely there monsieur du parc susy burst into tears of relief and sank into a chair the concierge looked on compassionately at la petite dame as he called her carried his pails into the kitchen and returned on tiptoe so as to show his friendly sympathy how the morning passed mrs diamond could scarcely have told at twelve o'clock adolphe appeared with a porter's knot upon his strong shoulders to carry her bag and her parcel of shawls he had been vexed to fail her the night before he was coming off when a messenger from du parc had met him with a parcel of letters which he had been obliged to deliver he had been about the streets till one o'clock at night it was a real corvee said adolphe but it was apparently in your service madame he continued politely it is necessary in these days to make one's plans beforehand and if people won't agree to reason one must use a little compulsion susy did not understand very well what he was saying she walked by his side questioning him about max and joe he could tell her very little except that du parc had sent him on these errands as they were walking along side by side suddenly a quiet-looking woman in a white cap and black dress crossed the street and came up and caught susy by the dress oh she said why do you stay here you are english what do you do here it is not your home go home go home you don't know what dangers are about you here then she pushed susy from her and hurried on wildly wringing her hands as she went curious woman says adolphe imperturbably she is not so far wrong come madame we must not be too late there don't seem to be many people left anywhere he said looking about him how strangely empty the streets are said mrs diamond the railway place is quite deserted and the station too looks shut end of section forty five